Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Modern Health with Dr. Jane. I, of course, am Dr. Jane. I'm a naturopathic doctor, a CrossFit gym owner, and a mother of two beautiful girls. I'm so excited to be here to educate, to connect, and to share my passion for health with all of you. In this episode, I'm going to tell you why I chose the name Modern Health, and more importantly, my story of why I'm here and what you can expect from this podcast. All right, so let's jump right in. I've been thinking about starting a podcast for a while now, and if you have been following me on Instagram, and if you're not, please go ahead and do so. My handle is at Dr. Jane Labeck. Instagram is the platform that I choose to connect with my audience. I share my story. I share anything new that I'm learning to help you navigate in the fertility space. Now, I've switched to a fertility space more recently based on my story, which I'm going to share with you a little bit later. But the first thing that I wanted to share with you is why I decided to name the podcast Modern Health. One of the objections that I see with either my future clients or somebody who is following me on Instagram is, why would I do this when my parents never had to do that? Why would I do all this fancy lab testing, functional lab testing, or you know, avoid sugar, eat organic, filter my water, whatever the recommendation that I'm giving, why would I do that? My parents never had to do it, or my grandparents never had to do it. And in the space of fertility, it was, well, my parents never had to do A, B, C, or D in order to get pregnant. So why in the world would I have to do that? And what I want to say to that is, this is a little bit of old school thinking, if you will, that our world has actually drastically changed. And not only in the last two years with, with the pandemic, which has been a completely different, uh, different world. And I actually have an episode on what we need to know about getting pregnant during the pandemic, what we're starting to see clinically. But of course, the research is going to take some years to catch up. Saying that, the world has changed even from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and 50 years ago, it is a completely different place. The way that we grow our food, the way that we spend our time, uh, you know, meaning how much time you spend outside versus how much time we spent in front of the computers, the kind of jobs that we're doing, the kind of stress that we're under has drastically changed. And because that has changed, we as humans need to learn how to adapt to those changes so we can continue to build resiliency within our body and not experience, you know, kind of the chronic illness, pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it, that we're seeing in the world now. And so the reason that I decided to name it Modern Health is research around alternative healthcare functional medicine is always evolving. There's always new things that are coming out and we're finding out and we're trying to, um, you know, kind of biohack our way into health, if you will. And more and more people need to jump on board because like I said, the world that we live in, how we produce our food, the toxic load that our systems are under, all of that has drastically changed. And so we also have to adapt. So that's my main reason for the, the name Modern Health. And also, uh, if you do follow me on Instagram or you're going to start now, you'll see that I have switched into the space of fertility. Now, my podcast is not going to be only on fertility because I have some fantastic alternative healthcare providers, functional uh, docs, 
that have a lot of knowledge and it's not around the fertility space, but it is something that we can all benefit from. So I didn't want to limit myself to just fertility space because um, as you'll hear me talk, our fertility potential is actually based on our health. What is our overall health? And the healthier that we are, the easier it will be to conceive, the better your pregnancy will be, and of course, the healthier the child will be. And so my mission that I have been refining over the last couple of years is to help raise a healthy generation of parents and kids. And in order to have healthy kids, we need to have healthy parents. Now, the health of the child starts way before the child is actually born. It starts from the seed, the egg and the sperm. And the better the quality of the egg and the higher the quality of the sperm, the better the outcome will be not actually of the conception, but also how well that pregnancy is going to go and then the health of the future child. And, you know, I will interview my husband as well when it comes to this, because it does take two to make a baby. So the health of both parents is really vital and important in order to create, um, you know, a healthy and thriving child in this world. So that's my mission and that's why I'm here and I want to educate you um, on it. And really, I believe that 90% of our all of our chronic diseases are preventable. And the, that prevention actually starts way before we are born, which is crazy to think about. And now the two kids that I've had, um, and I've had three pregnancies, so I had a miscarriage that I um, shared through on my Instagram story, and I'm going to fill you guys in as we go take you in on my journey. But my kids are actually my greatest experiments. And there's a couple different reasons of why I stepped into the fertility space. Uh, one of those being I didn't actually have any issues getting pregnant, but with my first pregnancy, it happened so fast. I didn't do anything to prepare. I was so sick. The pregnancy was so terrible and I considered myself a healthy individual. I, you know, I was a naturopath. I was an athlete. I took supplements. I exercised and so I couldn't believe how terrible I felt, how nauseous I was. And, you know, I had cold sore breakouts every month and I was nauseous for 20, 20 weeks. It wasn't just a, you know, a first trimester and then I was glowing. So it really kind of made me think, hey, there's got to be a better way. There's no way that this is how pregnancy should feel like especially since we look into, you know, all the pictures that people post and all their stories, it seems like it's this blissful time. And that just was not the case for me. So when I, when we decided we were ready to have a second child, I said to myself that, Hey, I wonder if I do a little bit of preparation, like I do some detoxification and I support, uh, you know, my colon, my liver and my kidneys, and I prepare myself mentally and physically for the pregnancy. I wonder if that pregnancy is going to turn out better. So I was kind of on a mission to start to create that experiment, not only to a, my, you know, my firstborn was also very healthy. My labor wasn't great. There was a lot of things that I learned from that, but I just wondered if my system would do better. And if I could, you know, even 
make another beautiful, healthy child and then recover myself well. Because when we're pregnant, the reason that we see some of these, you know, symptoms and complications come out where for me, sure, cold sores isn't a big deal uh, where, you know, I've had patients and um, close friends who've experienced much more severe complications like uh, blood clots and then hypertension and uh, gestational diabetes. But basically what happens during pregnancy is the most difficult time of the for the for females it is the most stressful time you're growing a human it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of work and so the baby will just take every single nutrient from your system and that's why your own body when you're pregnant starts to show symptoms signs and symptoms that it's you know quote unquote struggling and you know sometimes those complications can be a little bit more serious so I did a lot of preparation for my second pregnancy and you know I was probably in the best physical shape of my life. I lost some weight. I you know I did a detoxification protocol. I supported my liver and I did took all the supplements that I needed to take and I felt really great. The only piece and this is a really big piece that both my husband and I missed is we were really overwhelmed. So we were already starting to get pregnant when we were just about a year into the pandemic and we were moving. There was a lot of stuff going on on our plate, but I myself was convinced that this was the right time. And I kind of just scheduled it in. I scheduled the, you know, the intercourse in, but also just, I calculated back and said, okay, I'm going to give birth on this month and this is when we need to have sex. And so it just felt really unnatural. But it at that time, now when I look back, of course, hindsight 2020, at that time, it just felt like, well, I know I'm not going to have issues getting pregnant. So let's just, you know, let's, let's pencil this in. That pregnancy ended up in a miscarriage. And again, hindsight 2020, I actually didn't get very big symptoms when I found out I was pregnant. And in my head, all I thought was like, well, great, my detox worked. And that's why I'm not sick at all. Um, where in fact, it was actually that my hormones didn't elevate enough because the pregnancy wasn't viable. Of course, I didn't learn that for another eight weeks. Uh, I was very de devastated to have the miscarriage. I felt so alone. I was so embarrassed. I felt like a fraud and just like so broken. Like, why, why me? Why did this happen? I'm a naturopath for God's sakes. I know exactly what I'm supposed to eat and what I was supposed to do. And so this is when I would say my healing journey began. And this is when I started to really dive deep into the research and try to explain not only on the physical level of why I had a miscarriage, but also what are some of the mental and emotional components? And there was a really big thing, lesson that I learned through that. When I had a miscarriage, of course, I was devastated. My husband was, um, you know, sad and devastated as well, but he actually had a sense of relief. And the reason he had a sense of relief is because we had so much going on and he was worried that we just wouldn't be able to handle having another child. I didn't know that until we had the miscarriage. And when we had that conversation, you know, because I was so devastated and grieving and 
not that he wasn't grieving, but he, like I said, he had this sense of relief that this is when I realized, oh my God, we're not on the same page. And I didn't even think about being on the same page because I assumed we were. And this is when I really, you know, kind of, it, it was a turning point and some of the readings that I've done and I'm going to share with you, but there's four things that we need for a successful conception. And that's the quality of the sperm is good. The quality of the egg is good. The baby room needs to be ready, which is actually the womb. So the uterus of the female needs to have good blood flow. and needs to have good nutrients because that is the room that the baby is going to grow in. And then the last thing is that both partners need to have a strong desire to have a child with one another. Now, my husband and I have what I would consider a very special relationship. We work very hard on feeling connected. We love and support each other unconditionally. But just like everybody else, we forget to connect and make sure that we're on the same page. And through the pandemic, we were so caught up in running our businesses and trying to, you know, stay afloat that we kind of just assumed that it would be fine. Where in reality, we had both very different, very different kind of goals and experiences that we were going through. So having the miscarriage helped us bring us, helped bring us to the same page. But what it did for me is help me understand how important it is to have all of those four things that I listed. So the quality of the egg, the quality of the sperm, the baby room ready, but the mental emotional component of both you and your partner having intention of conceiving and bringing a child into the world cannot be underestimated. So I took three months to heal. I took um, you know, special herbs and supplementation that I changed to help my body go through the miscarriage and rebalance my hormones to help calm the inflammation down and the, the immune response that happens when you have a miscarriage. That after the three months, I was ready, you know, to try again. And of course, that pregnancy um, was very, very different. Yes, I got sick. I wasn't as sick uh, as I was with my first but I had the hormonal response, if you will, of, okay, this is different than that second pregnancy. I knew that it was a viable pregnancy, honestly, from the moment that I got pregnant. And that is the intuition and kind of the trust that I rebuilt after having the miscarriage. So that's what I do now is I guide my patients to help them figure out how to feel more in control of the fertility journey. Which brings me to the other point of, you know, that is one of the reasons that I stepped into the fertility. But another one is I've had a lot of patients and close friends and family members who struggled with infertility or, you know, they had a miscarriage and there was just no support from the conventional medical side. It just kind of felt like if, and even when I had in my miscarriage and I was trying to find some answers, the only answer I got was, well, you have to have three miscarriages in a row in order for it to be considered abnormal and to then qualify for lab tests. And honestly, I couldn't imagine going through that two more times. It was awful. I, I do not wish it 
on anybody. And once I went into the research and I realized that miscarriages are actually really common in one in four women will experience a miscarriage. Recurrent miscarriages, meaning having more than one miscarriage isn't common. So if you have experienced more than one miscarriage, that is time to investigate and try to figure out what it is that's causing for your body to not be able to either, um, you know, to fertilize the egg or for the fertilization to happen, but for it not to embed. Is it a hormonal issue? Is it, you know, the baby room, like the womb is not uh, set up in the right environment? What is going on that's that's causing this issue? Or is it a mental and emotional component? Because that, of course, um, as you just heard from my story, does play a significant portion that I think most of us don't talk about. So I wanted to help. I wanted to help my patients. I was helping my patients. I was, you know, helping uh, family members. And after going through the journey myself, I realized how alone women feel in the space and how much burden they carry themselves as opposed to it's me and my partner as opposed to getting some answers and helping them navigate this very fragile and traumatic time Uh, and the only support that you know you might get because i uh, i'm active in a couple facebook groups is really to just accept what has happened so yes you're going to go through the grief but I personally, myself, haven't stumbled on anything where here is the path to how you're, you can heal from this, not just on the mental and emotional level, but also on the physical level. And here are some possible answers as to why this is happening. Like I said, miscarriages are common, but you also can have an answer of why to, that happened. So in my instance, I didn't have, I had an what was called an empty egg. So fertilization happened, but the egg itself was empty. There wasn't any DNA. So the replication of cells didn't happen, even though there was implantation, but there was, there was no heartbeat. There was not, it was just a sac. It was just a gestational sac. My explanation, my possible consequence, explanation for that is when you're under high stress, you actually ovulate prematurely. So you ovulate while the egg is not um, mature yet. And so, you know, whether it was for my husband that it wasn't the, the best sperm or the egg or the combination of the two, but just knowing that and going through that helped me feel a little bit better. So that's, you know, that's kind of my goal is to help my listeners, my patients, my audience to find answers and find support and whether that's me or somebody else, but to not feel so alone and um, ashamed in the experience. And more importantly, to stop trusting your body because that's a really big piece of miscarriage. We feel like our body has failed us and that's just not the case. It's actually our body looking out for us because it is not a viable pregnancy or there's something else that's triggering that response to, you know, for the body to have the miscarriage or not to be able to get pregnant. And so we have to continue to look for answers. 
So that's, you know, that's my personal health story of why I'm here and why uh, I'm on a mission now to help raise a healthy generation of parents and kids. And the bigger picture of that, I'm one of the reasons that helped me really step into the space and say, you know what, I want to be here. I want to help prevent these illnesses on kids is I've had some patients that were children, whether they were, you know, 18 months or six months or four years old with some severe issues like eczema and asthma and severe ADHD, OCD, anxiety. And for a child who's four years old to be diagnosed with such severe illnesses, you have to look at what was the health of the parents, what was the health of the pregnancy. And sure enough, you would always find that the parents had a difficult time getting pregnant or they, you know, um, they didn't have the greatest health. The mother had awful periods or they were irregular. And there were so many other things that could have been prevented or, you know, it's not to say that that child wouldn't have any of those symptoms, but it would be much less significant. So the pain of watching, uh, you know, young kids and now having kids myself, and I worked with kids for a really long time as a gymnastics coach as well. Um, I'm, I'm stepping into this purpose. I'm stepping into this mission and I'm talking about it because I want people to know that it is preventable, but the way that we prevent it is by getting our health first. And again, I said that I'm naming the podcast Modern Health versus just talking about fertility, because what I have seen in the healthcare industry over the last seven, eight years that I've been practicing is that we have normalized a lot of illnesses and diseases that have were not the case before. For example, we, it's normal to carry extra 20 pounds. It's normal to have allergies. It's normal to have asthma. It's just, hey, I was born with asthma and that's what I have. It's normal to have acne after the age of 25 or, you know, any other skin issues or to be tired or whatever it is. Those things are common, but they are not normal. Our bodies are not meant to be sick. Our bodies are not meant to be tired. And when they are sick and tired or when you have horrendous periods or when you can't seem to get out of bed or you can't sleep at all or you can't lose this weight that you've been trying, I want you to know that there's answers out there. And if you look for mentors and practitioners who have been down that road, and have overcome it, just, you know, someone like myself, then go to them, follow them. There's so much free information. There are so many people available to help and work and invest into yourself because having your health is like, that's the, obviously I have a biased opinion, but that's the only thing that should matter because when you have, when you feel good, you're going to do good things in this world. And we need more people who feel good, confident, happy, vibrant, energetic, so they can go out and do good things for themselves, for their family, for their community, you know, and for the world. And this is how we make, you know, a much bigger shift. So um, I want to say thank you for logging on. I hope you enjoyed this episode and, uh, you know, like, share, and subscribe. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next one.